Chapter Six of the New Swiss Family Robinson: A Tale for Children of All Ages by Owen Wister. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six: The Arrival, Our Visitors, The Anaconda. For some moments, the appearance of the steamship riveted me to the spot. Never very strong my nerves of late so much tried by our tropical life and the dangers it brought gave way suddenly and i sat down on the ground and shook the colossal and stately vessel came up the horizon so rapidly that i grew out of breath watching it i thought of my dear wife of my sweet young brood that we had reared between us and as the boat came nearer and nearer I wept very plentifully. The night, however, which always comes very suddenly in the tropics, set in even more rapidly than usual this calm evening. The blood-red sun, which we had all contemplated with joy and admiration from our family treetop, as its shining orb hovered above the water-line, loath to sink to rest, suddenly sank out of sight. The stars all rushed out and shone, with a brilliancy that again moved me to tears. When I had recovered sufficiently to rise from the ground, which was getting damp, I pursued my way back through the forest to our home, where all were now silent in innocent and happy sleep. I climbed the stairs so rapidly that I fell down again and had to repeat the operation of going up again, though most reluctantly. The noise I made awoke Ernest, who was always a light sleeper, and he asked me what was the matter. "'Your curiosity,' I said, as I brushed my hat, "'is strangely ill-timed. Hand me the air-pistol at once, and do not stop to load it.' The boy obeyed, and I hastily climbed to the highest branch, where, but a few hours since, I had made my gastronomical observations. I loaded the weapon as I went, putting in a double charge. Seating myself so that the recoil could not cause me inconvenience, I fired three signals of distress, waved my hat, and fell to the ground. Thinking I had better not attempt a second ascent, I told Ernest to climb up and look out to sea. Ere the young lad had well reached the position I had so lately occupied, a return signal from the water thundered through the night air. "'We are saved!' I said thankfully, and began to awake my family. With the exception of Ernest, they all slept very soundly, and I found the most expeditious as well as most pleasant way of recalling them to their senses, was to empty gently over them the pure spring water contained in our gourds. Smiling with delight, they asked me why I seemed so happy. "'Come and see for yourselves,' I replied. "'No, father, tell us,' said little Franz. "'That which is worth knowing,' I answered, "'is worth taking trouble to find out for oneself.' Climb up to the top, my son, and your energy will be its own reward. But my lesson to the little fellow was frustrated by joyful cries from Ernest. Oh, father, a great big ship, 
and it has anchored in the bay. A ship? asked my brave wife, as she hurried out of her apartment. A dressing-gown, I answered gravely, is no proper apparel for a treetop, even at night. Go in and put on your best clothes, and I will answer any reasonable questions. Abashed by my remark, my wife hurried back to her apartment. Ere long my whole dear family was about me, eager to take the long, disused water velocipeds to go to the steamer. But daylight was now breaking. Your idea, I said, is not worth carrying out. Patience, when properly exercised, often saves many tiresome efforts. The crew of yonder vessel are now putting out for the shore in several little boats, which, if you use a glass, you will readily see. We all watched their movements with interest. What if they should be enemies, father? asked Ernest. Your remark, I observed, shows thought. In that case we will retire to the Boilstone Cave, and, with the chemicals there, compound odors that will keep any foe at a distance. "'They're friends, father,' cried Jack joyfully, and our eyes grew dim as the English flag went up and floated proudly from the mainmast. Delay being no longer advisable, we all hurried downstairs. "'Take care,' I said. "'The more haste, the less speed. The longest way round is often the shortest way home.' Pride goes before a, a large root, which was concealed in the long grass through which we were now hastening, caught the extreme end of my foot most unfortunately. The nearest object to grasp was the long black hair of my dear wife, which floated behind her as she ran. Self-preservation, I said as I took hold of it, is the first law of existence. The shock was so sudden, however, that my wife tottered, and in endeavouring to save herself, very naturally she threw her bag round Fritz's neck. But instead of standing straight, and thus saving our fall, he clumsily got entangled in the folds of the bag, and we all came down together, so rapidly that Ernest, Jack, and Franz, who were hurrying along immediately behind us, toppled over our prostrate bodies together with the pet iguana, whose inability to turn rapidly is a trait which it shares in common with the alligator and the crocodile. We then held a consultation. If any of you had listened to my warning about haste, I said, we should not have come to grief. But, father, said Jack, you were the first to trip. This is no time for hair-splitting, I said severely. It is clear that, if we proceed to the shore in such a crowd, we shall interfere with each other. Let all of you, except Franz and myself, make ready a lunch beneath some large tree. He and I will proceed to the shore and meet the strangers. Should they be hostile, Franz's tender age will move them. We proceeded to the shore, and arrived just in time to witness the travellers step upon the beach. With a courteous but dignified attitude, I spoke. Gentlemen, you have come to visit us to-day, no doubt curious to see the lions of our island. 
we are glad to see you and to extend the hand of our republic to you if your ancestors ever had anything to do with it they would be as proud of the present moment as i am we are very much honored sir with your politeness and complaisance i have the pleasure to make myself known to you monsieur theatre i shook the gentleman's hand and he proceeded to introduce the other distinguished guests i exchanged mild and bland greetings with monsieur de al rochambeau who pulls a very good oar in one of the crews with count von apollinaris with the marquis of hoyendol janos and many other distinguished characters we then adjourned to lunch where my dear wife acquitted herself nearly as well as i had done if there is anything you do not see do not ask for it i said to the marquis de heindel janos who not understanding the language turned to baron friedrichshall for an explanation after the banquet each of my dear children took several of the visitors and we proceeded to entertain them with the historical sights of our island c'est la cave de boystone said fritz who spoke french with fluency thanks i didn't take chemistry replied colonel hap who with his daughter miss hap was among our australian guests here the conversation became general ah monsieur i smiled was you ever to uh, the battle of bunker hill reminds me of martha washington who never liked our pet iguana when he feeds on yams and schnapps from potsdam so gut und gar nicht plymouth rock in a storm with a paper collar that always betrays humility which i have inculcated in my children from the gymnasium where sarah barnhart said that she'd never leave me alone in the tree to take gastronomical observations our merry party strayed away through the trees well pleased with the island miss hap an ideally sweet girl with large round eyes and great ringlets of close curls showed some rashness in wandering away alone indeed it was most fortunate that my eldest son fritz an ardent youth followed her steps from a distance for as she entered the jungle a large anaconda sprang at her the intrepid girl opened her parasol at the animal who hesitated for a moment dazzled by the brilliancy of the pattern and then began to swallow it miss hap bound not to give up her property without a struggle braced her foot against a stone and tugged the contest however might have proved a doubtful one when fritz hurrying up with the air pistol shot the serpent in the head it fell lifeless to the ground and the grateful girl turning to her preserver with moist eyes smiled a smile so full of sweetness as my son afterwards informed me that fritz sank into a misty happy dream these were his own words and together the two wandered through the jungle under the soft heat of the sunlight as it came through the thick foliage End of chapter six